Hallelujah. Let's do that all across this house. Let's lift him up with our praise. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody shout, give God glory here tonight. We give you praise. We give you honor, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout with a voice of triumph here tonight. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord here tonight. Amen. And to feel the presence of God. Amen. Thank you all for taking Wednesday night and making it a priority in your life. Amen. I believe that God honors that in Jesus' wonderful name. If you could open up your Bibles and turn to the book of Genesis chapter 8 and beginning in verse number 6. And as you're turning there, I want to say it's good to have Jessica back in the house of the Lord with us. Amen. We love you. Hallelujah. And we got some friendly faces as well. Amen. Some good young people that are growing like weeds. It's only been a couple years, uh, but it's, it's so good to have them here. And uh, they came, we're here on Easter as well, and they're going to spend a little bit of time here back home in Carson City. And so we love you guys very much. Amen. We want to also continue to remember to pray for Brother Andre. Um, he asked me to have the church pray. He's got to go into a program for the next two months, but he's going to be able to listen online. And so he should be in church with us online. And we're going to do phone Bible studies. Amen. So uh, he's just going to take care of that and be back in church in Jesus' name. What a wonderful service we had on Sunday. Did anybody enjoy that word? Amen. Amen. Brother Williams just preached the house down. Amen. And it was just a powerful move of God. We're looking forward to having them back uh, with us this upcoming fall and, uh, and just seeing what God will do in Jesus' wonderful name. Genesis chapter 8 and verse number 6. The Bible says, And it came to pass at the end of forty days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made, and he sent forth a raven which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her unto him into the ark. And he stayed yet another seven days. And again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came in to him in the evening. And lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off. So Noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth, and he stayed yet another seven days, and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him any more. Noah is using this dove to figure out what the next move should be. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Rely on the dove. Rely on the dove. Would you set down your Bibles as we pray all across this building? Father, we love you. We thank you here tonight for your people. And we thank you for your word. I pray God anoint our ears to hear the word of God and our hearts to respond to it. 
I want to live a life that is relying on you. That knows I cannot do this by myself, God. I want that to forever be in our hearts and in our minds, God. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time as you're seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Rely on the dove. We preached recently about Noah and about Noah living in an evil world. The Bible tells us that the thoughts and imaginations of every man's heart was evil continually. It didn't seem like anybody had a good thought. And uh, we'll probably talk about that in the future. Uh, but, but we're seeing people that their mindset has degraded. And really, we're seeing a world without God. A world without God is a world that is filled with violence. Amen. A world without God is a world that is going to be filled with debauchery. It's going to be filled with iniquity. Uh, a world without God, and I know a lot of people don't, don't often want to, to go to this extreme, but I've had Bible studies with people, and I asked them, why is it that in America we don't kill people? Well, and they said, well, it's wrong to kill. And I asked them, well, how do we know it's wrong to kill people? And, uh, and they, they go back to a good old phrase that they've heard, and it just you're not supposed to kill. And I said, that sounds a lot like the Bible. Thou shalt not kill. This is why when you go to any area that has not been influenced by the word of God in its culture, you will find things like euthanasia being enacted. Hallelujah. That is to, that is to uh, end the life of somebody that's an invalid or to end the life of somebody who is elderly. Uh, and, and, and what it does, it removes the sanctity of life. It's also those that would then murder and, and get rid of children. There's many other countries that have a one-child law, or if it's not the child you want, you just get rid of it. America is getting closer and closer to becoming like all those other nations. And I want to tell you why that our world is becoming like that. Because we have started removing God from our lives. Amen. I don't want to live in a world without God. Amen. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in a society without God. If you want to know why it's so important that we come to the house of God, I'll tell you why. Because we are standing up and we are holding the banner for a society that has lost their ever-loving mind. And a society that does not know their gender, we've got to stand forth not being hateful and not being rude. We've got to stand forth and let them see the truth of God's word in love. Amen. Because we, we, are, we are the arbiters of truth to this lost and dying world. Because if there is ever a day, amen, and I, I do believe that when the church gets pulled up out of this world, you're going to see absolute chaos. It's going to wreck the entire universe. You want to know what's holding the judgment of God, amen, from hitting this world. I'll tell you what it is. There are people, amen, there is a church that is holding back the judgment of God saying, no, give us a little more time. Oh, somebody give him praise. 
Amen. There is a Noah that's saying, I've got to build a boat. I've got to build the ark. I've got to build something that will save the lost and the dying. There's got to be a Noah that the Bible says is a preacher of righteousness. Church, we have got to keep our, 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 our minds stayed on Jesus. In a world that is continually living without God, in a world that is godless in their activities, in their thought process, I want Jesus to be by every thought. I want to I want to have the Lord be amen at just the very mention of his name. I want to make sure it's even nigh the Bible says in my mouth. I want to continually have a praise on my lips in a world that curses God. I want to give him praise. Oh somebody do that for just a few moments. We've got to make sure in a world that does not have God, we are projecting and we are letting people know there is a God that loves them. There is a truth of God's word. Because a world without God's word is a world filled with violence. Amen. A world without God's word is a world that cannot be saved. A world without God's word. Amen. This is why it's important to have Bible studies. Amen. And to, and to read your Bible. Because there's a world that wants to have you think that there is some relative truth. Truth is not relative. Amen. Can I help you understand what that means? People believe that truth is relative. In other words, depending on where I am standing, that is truth. I want you to know that truth is truth is truth, regardless of where you're standing. Amen. Morality is not relative. Don't let people lie to you and say, well, uh, what's good for you is good for you, but not for me. There is, there is one, one moral compass, and it's got to be the word of God. Amen. It is the ideal of God. That's why we have it. Amen. It's not just uh, something that we read out of and, 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 and say, well, that's a great religious text. No, it is a moral compass. It is there to let us know. When you read the Bible, you see people do all sorts of crazy things. And it's God's way of revealing to us that that is not something he's okay with. Amen. Some people read the Bible and they think, well, there's just... There's just absolute insanity when you get to the book of Judges. But he continually tells us why there's insanity. The Bible says that they had no king in Israel, and everybody did that which was right in their own eyes. If you read through, and there's many here that have read stories in the book of Judges, they will say, my goodness, uh, there's some wild things that happen in that book. Some things that, that I can't believe God put that in the Bible. What did God do? He's trying to let us know that a world and a people without the moral compass of his word, without the kingship of Jesus in their life, uh, they're going to do something that they think is right in their own eyes. Here's the problem. What is right in your eyes is not right in my eyes. Hallelujah. And if I think it's right in my eyes and you think it's right in your eyes and vice versa or wrong, whatever you want to say, then you're going to do something. But here's the main Here's the main point right here. Amen. We've got to make sure that the Lord, amen, is determining what is right and what is not. Amen. It is the Lord that determines. I don't want to be the kind of individual that lives a godless life, that does not have, amen, his word, amen, working in my world. I don't want to be like the book of Judges and not have a king. I want to live a life where I can say Jesus is my king. Jesus is my authority. Jesus is the final word. Oh, somebody give him praise here tonight. Amen. And out of this wicked world, there was one man that found grace in the eyes of God. 
Because he said, Lord, I want your word to be my compass. I want your word to be what directs my life. I don't want to just say, well, the neighbors are doing it, so it must be all right. Man, when we come to the house of the Lord, when we come to church, we've got to understand there's a world out there that is basing their morality off everybody's immorality. Mm -hmm. Moral relativity. If, they're, if They might say, well, I'm a good person because I'm a good person because other people are bad. We cannot judge ourselves and say, I'm good because they're bad. We've got to look at the perfect example, the ideal. When we look at Jesus, amen, I don't want to be better than somebody that's worse than me. I want to be, I want to strive un, un, unto perfection, as the Bible says. I want to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Somebody give him praise here tonight. And Noah, Noah made it up in his mind, I'm going to follow the word of God. In a wicked and perverse generation, God's going to have people that say, I'm going to follow the Lord. I, it doesn't matter what the neighbor's doing. doesn't matter what the world's doing. does not matter what our society's doing. I am going to follow Jesus. Amen. You're, you, you, there comes a moment in everybody's life where you have to make a decision. I'm going to serve God with all of my heart. Whether anybody else does it or not, I'm going to serve Jesus. Amen. And God gives Noah specifics. He tells him what to do to save his family, to save his house. We talked about that a little while ago. And, and he's, he's given these specifics. And it always intrigued me how God told him it had to be this high, this wide, this, this tall. It had to have this much pitch on the inside, that much pitch on the outside. And the beautiful thing about Noah, amen, is that he did everything according to what God had told him. Imagine for a moment if Noah would have said, I've got a different idea. I want to build it this way. I like what you said, God, but I don't necessarily agree with it 100%. I'm going to build my life in just a little bit different. I think that it's a little extreme to put pitch on the outside. I think that God only cares about the inside. When the rain came, that boat would have sank. Or let's take it to a New Testament Pharisee. They've got sleeves down to their ankles, and they say, well, I don't think God cares about anything but the outward man. I want you to know that when the rain came, that boat would have sank. Whether you knew it or not, I just preached holiness and standards to everybody in the building. Amen. God cares about the whole man. And when God gives us a word and he tells us directly in his word, it's because he knows that when the storms of life hit, amen, you will sink under it all if you do not have it according to his word. Noah said, I'm not changing one thing in God's word because every word of God is what I need to be saved. There's people here tonight that if I were to grab this Bible and start ripping pages out, you might storm the pulpit. Amen. But some people live that way. Uh, hallelujah. I love the word of God until I disagree with it. Do not proverbially tear pages or verses out of the Bible or out of your Christian existence. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Because if you start tearing things out of the Word of God, it would be like Noah ripping boards of gopher wood off of the ark. Amen. I don't want to change one thing, amen, about this apostolic lifestyle. I don't want to change one thing about being a Christian. I don't want to say, Jesus, I don't know about that. Amen. If God put it in that book, he put it in there for a reason. And that reason may not be evident to me right now, but there's coming a day where the storm's going to hit. There's coming a day where the trumpet's going to sound. And I want to make sure that my family's ready. I want to make sure the church is ready. Oh, somebody give him praise here tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. He said you got to build at a certain height. you got to build a certain width. It can't be too high, too low. Man, there's, there's a thing in God's kingdom called balance. Amen. We've got to have balance. Amen. In the kingdom of God. Amen. It's, it's got to be, if, if it's all about the outward to you and you don't have any of the inward, you've missed it. And if it's all about your heart, Jesus said, if you clean the inside of the cup, the outside will get clean too. Amen. You just you just gotta you gotta say, Lord, Amen. I'm gonna open up every every area of my life, and I'm gonna I'm gonna allow you to affect that area. Amen. I, I don't want to leave one area untouched by the hand of God because it very well might be that one area of my life, Amen, that causes me to miss out on God's plan for my life. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. There's people that would say, well, is this a heaven or hell issue? Amen. It, it could be where it's not. Amen. It's not dependent on whether you're going to make it to heaven or hell. But, but I don't want to set my bar so low as missing hell. I want to look at has, has it helped me achieve the highest purpose in the kingdom of God? Have I reached my potential? Oh, somebody give him praise here tonight. Noah's not just building the ark to save his family, amen, and to, to miss out on judgment. He doesn't even know what judgment looks like yet, amen, but he knows that if I can follow God, I will reach the very apex of everything God has for me. Church, I don't want to just do the bare minimums because I, I do the bare minimums. I get the bare minimum. I reap what I sow, but I want to sow bountifully, and I want to get as close to Jesus I want to get as close to Jesus as I can and still stay here on earth. I want to be like Enoch. I want to walk with God as close. Amen. I don't want to rip boards off of the ark. I don't want to tear things away. But God gave Noah specifics. And this is what intrigues me because there's two parts to the Christian walk. The first part is his word. His word does not change. You don't add or take away from it. It is what it is. We have to accept it at face value. Whether I like it or don't like it. Whether it bothers me or it doesn't bother me. I have to take him at his word. This is what we would consider the mechanics of your Christian living. Amen. If it's in the word, I don't change it. If it's in the word, I don't negotiate with it. Amen. I take that word and I've got a responsibility to apply it to my life. Amen. There is 
a, there is an element of living for God, amen, where it is just Sunday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Sunday. It's mechanical. It seems like uh, it seems like a rut, if you will. Sometimes it feels like you're going through the motions, amen. And I know I've heard some people say it, and it's a, it's a common phrase we got to probably get rid of. I don't want to go through the motions. But uh, there's part of a Christian existence where if you don't go through the motions, it's like an airplane pilot that does not go through the checklist, amen, doesn't go through the motions, and he misses something. Amen. There's a part of your Christian existence and my Christian existence where we've got to go through the motions. What are the motions? The motions are I get up in the morning, amen, I hit my knees and I begin to pray. I call on the name of the Lord, amen, I open up the word of God. These, What are these? These are the mechanics that day by day, these are Noah that is taking his hammer and his nails and he's hammering into that ark, it doesn't seem like a lot's happening, but every day he's determining, I'm going to keep building my life the way that God has called me to build it. There's times you come on Wednesday night, it doesn't seem like a whole lot's happening. What are you doing? Amen. You are going through the proper motions and the proper channels, and you are building your life on the rock Jesus Christ, and you are putting one nail in at a time, a little pitch here, a little pitch there. And you're saying, I'm going to be saved. And my family's going to be saved. And I'm going to reach the very apex of everything God has for me. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify him for a moment. Come on, let's magnify him for a moment. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Some people, they don't like the concept of mechanics or going through the motions. Uh, and they seem to get frustrated in their walk with God. But the truth is, if we were to look at the frustrations of their walk with God, it's because they missed something on the checklist. Amen. Hallelujah. When Moses stood on holy ground, amen, the Bible says that the bush was not consumed. In other words, when he was doing what God told him to do, there was no burnout. Amen. When people get burned out, it's because they're not obeying the word of God. There's no point anywhere in the book of Genesis where we find a Ben Noah getting burned out. It was 120 years, didn't seem like much was happening, got made fun of, but yet he kept doing what God told him to do. Amen. Often where we get spiritually frustrated, I'm preaching real good right now. When we get the most spiritually frustrated is when we are not doing what God has called us to do in the first place. Uh, Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise. Amen. Just clap like it's your neighbor that's dealing with that. Hallelujah. There are moments where we get the most frustrated because God has told us to do something and God is nudging us to do something, but we don't go that direction. We just do what we keep on doing and we get frustrated when, when one plus zero is not equaling two, but we're missing something in the equation. We're missing something in the mechanics and God will often come by and he will remind us to build the ark like I told you to. Yeah, he'll send he'll send you here on a Wednesday night and you'll hear a preacher preaching. You got to get back to the basics. Amen. Sometimes when you feel frustrated in your walk with God, you got to go back to the very basics of your Christianity and you will find that there is joy in the basics. There is goodness in the basics. There is blessing in the basics. Amen. It's not glamorous. It's just building an ark. There are moments like this and God even tells 
who tells Moses that there's going to be two requirements on the children of Israel. The first requirement is every morning they got to pick up manna. And God said, I've done this that I might prove them, whether they will walk in my laws or not. And that never made sense until you realize that manna is about the size of a coriander seed. And it's, they had to go about every day picking up little tiny seeds until they had enough to make a loaf of bread. Until they had enough to feed their family. And he said, I suffered you to hunger that you might know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And he wanted to know, are my people going to get up every day and go through the motions, if you will, on a positive sense, and, and pick up the man up. And every day they're going to mechanically say, I'm just going to obey what God told me to do in the first place. Six days I'm going to gather, and on the seventh day I'm going to rest. Six days I'm going to work out my own salvation, and on the seventh day I'm going to rest. I'm going to gather every word that I can so that I can build my life life with the right nutrients so I can put into my body the right things. Amen. Church, we've got a responsibility. Amen. That every day that we are living, not just Sunday when we're shouting, but Monday morning when nobody's around. Tuesday when there's nobody shouting and lifting their hands to say, Lord, don't worry. I'm not going to miss that word you have for me. I've been hearing it. I've been reading it. I'm going to grab that word and apply it to my life. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify him. Come on, let's take a moment and magnify him here today. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, I've got to get moving here tonight. There are mechanics. You've got you to just do the, you just got to do some things. Amen. For, for living for God is sometimes just doing what you know to do is right. I know that's not glamorous, but that's building an ark. I know that's not glamorous, but that's picking up manna. And that is what is determining whether or not his people will survive in the land of the wilderness. Amen. But then we move to the next phase, amen, of Noah's life. The rain comes down. The rain descends, and there's a flood, and there's a storm. Get, get this. The mechanics are what got him to survive the storm. What is going to help us? When all hell breaks loose in our world, I'll tell you what it is. It's the fact that we've got the word of God, amen, hidden down in our heart. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that we've got the mechanics. There's some people who say, well, I, you know what? When they start lopping heads off, I'm going to live for God. No, no, no. If you can't live for God now, I, I worry about you then. Amen. If you can't do it when it's easy, you will never do it when it's hard. Amen. It's, it's right now that we are building it up and we're saying, God, I want to be a real Christian. I, I, I really want to serve you with my whole heart. Amen. It's in these moments where you're saying, Lord, I'm going to build it the way you told me to build it. And Noah did it right. Because he lived by the mechanics, amen, he said, build it this high, this wide, exactly every detail. He followed what God said in his word. Everything was there. He built it. And for 40 days and 40 nights, the rain descended. And his life didn't go down. His life only went up. Amen. He didn't get worse. He only got better. Amen. He went through the storm and he made it through the storm. Man, how many wants to make it through the storms of life? Jesus said, if you want to make it through the storms of life, here's some mechanics for you. You've got to build your house on the rock. 
If you're going to build on the rock, what do you got to do? You got to dig down past all the wishy-washy stuff. If you're going to build your life on the rock, you got to get below the sand. If you're going to build, your, it's going to take a little more work than your neighbor. It's going to take a little more work. I don't know about you, but I determined in my life I want to be a real Christian. Amen. Others might build a house a little quicker, but I want to build a house that will stand against every storm, against every wind of doctrine. I want to make sure I build a Christian wall. Amen. That'll keep on going. Amen. It'll keep my convictions even when it gets tough. I want to have a Christian walk that when they throw me in the fire, I was already on fire. I want to have a Christian walk that when they throw me in the lion's den, the lions don't want to touch me because they're scared. I want to have a, come on somebody, I want to live a life that is dug down deep. Oh, somebody give him praise. Give him praise. built his life right so when the storm came you know what insurance is everybody in this room if you don't have insurance you probably need to get some you don't get insured for good days somebody you don't get flood insurance if you don't think you're in a flood zone hey glory you don't get car insurance because you're a perfect driver you might be a perfect driver but not everybody is you get insurance for the day that everything goes wrong. Yeah. Amen. I, I, I'm telling you right now, the word of God is your, is your insurance policy. God, everything's falling apart. But I know I've got the word of God and I've been living according to your word. I know I'm serving God. I know I got a prayer line. Come on, somebody. I got the mechanics down. Amen. And that when I don't know what to do, I just keep on doing what I know. When I don't know what to do, I just do what I know. And I know that by doing that, amen, every storm can come. But my life will stand firm. Oh, somebody give him praise here tonight. Come on. If you got the word in your heart, you got insurance. If you got the word in your heart operating, you got insurance for the storms of life. Yes, Amen. Noah had it. He got up. But there's a second part to the Christian walk I came to talk about tonight. He's now got through the storm. And what's always intrigued me is this. God gave very specifics, Brother Mark, about how to build that ark. Very specific. Every little detail. It was as it were the Ark of the Covenant. It was a pattern from heaven. We know that it's a pattern of baptism. It's a pattern of salvation. It was a heavenly pattern that he built here on earth. But for 40 days and 40 nights, we have no record God ever speaking to him. Think about that for a moment. God shows up, deposits his word, and then he dips. He's gone. And for 40 days and 40 nights of going through excruciating uh, torture, if you will, being in a, in a boat filled with a bunch of animals. <laughs> Only one window. In a moment where it was not comfortable. He was, stuck with, he was stuck with his kids and their wives. Amen. He was stuck for 40 days and 40 nights where the rain pelted down and all he could hear, amen, from outside the boat was the, the turmoil on the world outside of him. Amen. He, could, he, couldn't, he couldn't hear from God because all he could hear was thunder and lightning. He couldn't hear from God because there was just trouble all around him on every side. I can't hear you, God. I don't know where you are, but I built this boat according to the way you told me. Anybody ever been there? 
And so Noah gets through 40 days and 40 nights. No word from God. God hasn't spoken, but the rain stops. And he's got to try to figure out, what do I do? How do I navigate this? How do I get through this season? And Noah takes a raven and he sends it out. You know what a raven is? It's an unclean animal. It's a scavenger. It is, it is something that goes and it chews and it eats on dead things. I mean, that's how some people are. They get through, uh, they get through the storm and they go right back to dead things. Amen. Uh, God saves them and they go right back to the very things God saved them of. I don't want to be a raven. How about you? Amen. I, I don't want to just go back to the things God pulled me out of. I don't want to go back to, amen, the old habits and the old lifestyle that I used to have. I don't want to, I don't want to come through the storm. I want to help somebody here tonight. Amen. That, that, that if you've come all this way, you built this boat, you've done everything right. Amen. When storms hit, don't lose out with God now. Oh, I feel him. Somebody lift up your hands. If you came through it all, don't lose out with God now. Don't be like a raven. Don't just go back. Amen. Don't go backwards after everything you've been through. Go forwards in Jesus. Somebody pray. Oh, come on. Let's worship him for a moment. Oh, somebody praise him here tonight. Hallelujah. There are people that will rely on a raven. What do you do when you can't point to a verse after what you've been through? I'm preaching real good to somebody. What do you do when you have quoted it to yourself over and over and over again? I know all things work together for the good of those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose, but it doesn't feel good right now. What do you do when you know there's principles you built your life on and you know you're doing it right, but things aren't working out for you? Do you go back to dead things? Do you rely on your carnal nature? That's what a raven represented. Uh, it was an unclean bird. It was a scavenger. It was a vulture. Amen. And this was Noah's first. I don't know what to do. So he sends forth the raven. But, but, but the raven never helps. And this is how some people are. That when they get through the trouble. And they, they're in the midst of it all. And they don't know what's going on. They turn to bad relationships and friendships. Amen. The don't have their best interests at heart. Amen. It's not time to turn to the ravens of life. It's not time to go back to unclean things, unclean people, unclean relationships because they're not going to help you get to the next season of your life. And Noah realizes that thing, I sent it off and it didn't do nothing for me. Noah tried it, it didn't work. Man, and Noah says, All right, I'm going to take a dove. And I'm going to send it out. I can't hear from God right now. I don't know what's happening. But I, I tried to rely on the raven. Uh, amen. There's people here tonight that you try to rely on other things, uh, other people. But it has not made anything better. Uh, and you try to rely on your old ways. Uh, but your old ways have not made anything better. Uh, instead of doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. 
adults, instead of relying on the ravens of life, God sent a preacher here tonight to tell you, you've done all the mechanics, you've done what you're supposed to do, but now you're in a season you don't know what to do. It's time to stop relying on those old ways and say, today, I'm going to rely on Jesus. Today, I'm making it up in my mind. I'm going to rely on the moving of the Spirit of God. Today, I don't know what's happening. I don't know the next move. I don't know what to do. But I'm going to rely on the spiritual side. I'm not going to rely on the flesh. I'm going to rely on the Spirit. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify Him. Come on, let's magnify Him for a few moments. In the name of Jesus, somebody praise Him here tonight. Come on, I'm not relying on my flesh. My flesh has never done any good for me. I'm not relying on my carnal nature. My carnal nature, amen, it'll, it'll trick me. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I'm not going to rely on my feelings. I'm not going to rely on my emotions. I'm not going to rely on what I see right now. But I've got to rely on something that's better than me, bigger than me, stronger than me. I've got to rely on Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Jesus, when he was baptized, the spirit descended like a dove. What am I preaching here tonight? There is a part of your walk with God that is just doing what you know is right, following the word of God, obeying God. If you don't have that down, you're not going to make it when the storm hits. Amen. If you don't have the mechanics down, it doesn't matter what else you have going for you. Amen. You're going to get hit by the storm. It's going to wash you out. But I'm preaching to people here tonight that you do the right things, that you are following the word of God. You've got the mechanics down. Amen. You're serving God, but you've hit a moment in your life where you don't know what to do and you're trying to figure it out. What's the next move? What's the next season? What's the next step? I want to encourage us here tonight. Don't try to be carnal about it. Amen. Don't try to be emotional about it. And don't, come on. It's not time to follow those things. It's time to rely on on being moved by the Spirit of God, by being, oh, somebody praise him here tonight. He was trying to figure out, do I move forward? Do I stay where I am? Do I go? Do I stop? Amen. Do I stay on the ark? Do we exit? Is it safe to go? God, you're not responding to me. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm going to try to figure it out by my own intellect. Here goes the raven. And then I can't figure it out by my own intellect. Amen. He goes forth and does everything that he can do by his own power. But then he realizes, I've got to have something, uh, amen, that's a little bit different. Uh, I've been relying on my own humanity uh, to make it work, but it can't work by my own humanity. I've got to switch gears uh, and say, Lord, uh, it's not by might uh, nor by power, uh, but it's got to be by the moving uh, of your spirit. After trying the raven and the raven not working, he sent the duff. This is a symbol of relying on the spirit of God. Amen. There's moments you can't point to a chapter and verse. And you're trying to figure it out. You're flipping through it. But life is complex. Amen. But this is the moment where God is teaching us the second avenue of living for God. That there's not always a textbook answer for everything in life. But there's moments where you got to learn even how to be led by the Spirit of God.
The second thing that Israel had to do is much like Noah is doing right now. Every time the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire moved, they had to pack up their tent and they had to move. There is a part of our Christian existence, uh, amen, where we've got to learn how to move with the Spirit of God. Oh, hallelujah. This, this year we're talking about living in the overflow. Amen. And, and that often means uh, that you're being overwhelmed and things are overflowing you. And in moments like that when it seems like you've gone through the storm and the flood or the overflow has happened and you feel like your boat has been rocked left and right. Amen. I wish I could tell you, amen, that everything's just going to be X, Y, and Z and it's a textbook answer. Amen. But there's moments where you're... Your step, amen, looks like it's about to slip and you don't necessarily know exactly what the next step is. You might have a dream of how to get to Z, but what about A, B, C, D? I'll tell you where it comes in. You've got to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. You don't hear him right now. There's not an exact, he's not giving measurements right now. There's not a step-by-step -step handbook for what you you're facing, but you got to get into the Spirit of God and say, I won't be led by my feelings. I won't be led by carnality. I won't be led by what I think. I won't be led by anything else. I'm going to be a child of God that is walking in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. I'm going to be led by the dove. Somebody give him praise here tonight. Come on, let's stand across the building and lift up our hands. Come on, let's magnify him here tonight. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise here tonight. Come on, I'm preaching right where some people are living right now. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. There's no textbook answer for what I'm facing or what I'm feeling. But I've got a word from God for you here tonight. You've got to be led by the Spirit of God. He won't always speak everything to you. But if you can learn to walk in the Holy Ghost, pray in the Holy Ghost, you're going to make it where you need to make it. When you need to make it there, somebody magnify him. Come on, let's praise him all across this house. Come on, hallelujah. There's some people saying, I've been relying on the raven for too long. I've been relying on my own power for too long. I've been relying on my own emotions for too long. But tonight, I'm going to rely on the Spirit of God. Tonight, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm not going to be led by all these other things. I'm not going to walk by feeling. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm not going to walk by observation. I'm going to walk by faith. It doesn't look good right now, but I'm going to walk according to the the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 and 14, for as many are as led, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and the daughters, if I could put it that way, of God. As a part of your Christian existence and my Christian existence, ours, you have to learn to walk in the Spirit. It's easy to go and say, Pastor, what's the answer? Because it's simple. It's almost a direct. I don't even know if I would give you 100% the best answer. <laughs> I'll do my best. But there comes a moment where everybody's got to go to that level of maturation. That says, hey, I'm going to pray right now. 
I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pray until I get, I get moved by the Holy Ghost. I'm going to pray until my fears are subsided. I'm going to pray until my anxieties disappear. I, I'm going I'm to I'm get in the Holy Ghost. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build up my most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Which means I build up my most unholy doubts when I'm not praying in the Holy Ghost. For far too long, some people walk by their feelings. They walk by what they can see. They walk by how it seems. But Noah, I'm transitioning you to a new life. He's a typology of a born-again Christian. And now you're going to have to rely on my spirit. It's not easy because there's times where you don't have a direct, what it seems, a direct uh, word for this is what you do now and then tomorrow you do that. And no. Often it's just a glimpse. But the says sometimes it's just that little, the Bible says we see it through a glass darkly, obscure. Anybody ever, ever been there? You don't exactly know, you, you know that God's working, but you don't exactly know how he's working. Come on, somebody. And you're walking one day at a time. And one moment, one prayer meeting. You know what you're doing? You're being led by the Spirit of God. You made it up in your mind as Noah. Okay. I, I, I'm not going to rely on what I see out this window. Because I might think it looks good right now. And I'm going to move forward. And then, and then I open the boat and we sink. Hallelujah. I might feel like it's time to get out of here because I'm ready. Imagine for a moment with me if Joseph would have got out of prison one day too soon on his own power. Remember what he was thrown in prison for. He's falsely accused, but come on. He would have, he would have been forever been in, in Egypt as a criminal. That's why we got to be led by the Spirit of God. Because instead of getting out of prison as a criminal... If, we be, if we're led by the Spirit of God, even in seasons where it's not comfortable, even in moments where we don't like it, amen, when we're led by the Spirit of God in due season, He exalts us, and we don't get out of prison to be a criminal, amen, and a convict. We get out of prison, and we go straight to the palace, amen. We've got to be led by the Spirit of God. David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because I know there's somebody that's leading me through this. We've got to get in the Holy Ghost Church and we've got to pray. Often our, our, our greatest issues is we move before God has moved. We speak before we think. We act before we should. But if we would just wait on God, wait on the Lord and say, okay, God, sends forth the dove. Dove comes back nothing clean bird won't land his foot on anything unclean. That's why it landed on Jesus. Goes forth. Nothing. So he says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait for seven more days. You know it would be better to wait on God than to make a bad decision? It's always best to wait on God, even if it looks like God's late and it's not doing it in our time frame. I only imagine how the miracle would have gone if they would have waited a little longer instead of burying Lazarus, maybe more people would have saw the miracle. I don't know. He sends forth that dove again. And finally, 
because he's willing to be led by the Spirit. He's relying on God to give him an answer. He's not making rash decisions. He's not jumping into something that he shouldn't jump into. He's not doing something he knows. It's just not going to help him or his family. It's going to undo everything that he's been building all these years. Being led by the Spirit. The dove comes back with an olive branch. Olives where they put, that's, that's where we get anointing oil. It's the olive. He says, I'm bringing a fresh anointing. People that are led by the Spirit of God get fresh anointing. People that are always led by their feelings don't. They stay wrapped up in bitterness and all this other stuff. People are saying, God, I'm going to wait on you. He came back and he says, all right. A new chapter is opening in your life, Noah. I'm about to open doors that no man can shut. Uh, would you lift up your hands all across the building? Church here tonight, we're making it up in our, mind, our minds. Uh, we're going to rely on the dove. We're going to be spirit-led. I don't want to be flesh-led, carnal mind-led. I don't want to be led by my emotions. Uh, I don't want to be led by what it looks like or feels like. Uh, I want to be a Christian that walks in the Holy Ghost, prays in the Holy Ghost. Uh, I want to be a Christian that is being led and I I'm relying on God, amen, to open the next door and to move into this other area of my life. Amen, I want to open up this altar. Would you come here tonight and would you pray? What are you doing when you come? You're saying, God, I'm ready to start relying on you more. I'm ready to say, God, I, I've started, I made some decisions before that were my decisions, but Lord, I'm now going to seek counsel from the Holy Ghost. I'm now going to pray in the Spirit until you bring me back word uh, to do X, Y, or Z. Uh, I'm going to move in the Holy Ghost. Come on, only you and God know what you've been thinking about. Uh, only you and God know where you're at. Uh, but I want to encourage you uh, to rely on the dove here tonight. Uh, to rely on the Spirit of God. Uh, to be led by the Spirit and be a child of God. Somebody pray. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost here tonight. Come on, pray until you feel God moving. Come on, it might be several prayer meetings, Noah, where the dove moves and you don't feel nothing and hear nothing or see anything. But one day, when you're led by the Spirit, the new doors are open. And when you're led by the Spirit of God, there's going to be a fresh anointing. Show me your glory, show me your power, less of me and more of you is what I need. Come on, that's it, somebody pray. I need your glory. I'm relying on Jesus here tonight. I want your glory. I've relied on me long enough. I've relied on ravens long enough, but I'm relying on Jesus tonight. You're going to open the doors, God. You're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. In the name of Jesus. Show me your power. Less of me and more of you is what I
That's it. Somebody pray right now. Come on. God's allowing this season in your life because he's trying to teach you how, amen, to learn to walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. He's led you into certain times because he wants you to learn how to walk in the Holy Ghost and rely on the Spirit of God. now people are praying in the Holy Ghost the Spirit of God is leading you right now the Spirit of God is opening your eyes to see amen and, and directing you right now hallelujah it's amazing what happens when we call on the name of the Lord it's amazing what happens when we stop we get out of the flesh and we start walking in the Spirit of God it's amazing that olive branches we see and the things that are opening amen when we get out of our mindset that we've been in and say Lord I don't know why I've been in this season but thank you for this season because if it wasn't for this moment if it wasn't for this season I wouldn't learn how to trust in the Spirit of God if it wasn't for this time I wouldn't know how to follow the Spirit. <laughs> 